Welcome to the Church for Dummies podcast, where we explain church history and ecclesiology to dumb people like us. Now here are your hosts, Josh Whitney and Isaac Thibodeau. Dude! Dude! What's up, dude? I don't know, dude. Cool, dude. <laughs> that's probably that was probably our worst intro. <laughs> good thing we have I'm a think- pre-recorded one that's always good. True, that is true. With my, I mean, that person's. Oh no, that person's flawless British accent. Did you just let the cat out of the bag? No. Okay. Nothing happens. Okay. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. I just drank a. Halfway decent smoothie. Half halfway decent smoothie. Yeah, I would I would argue that's probably the best smoothie you've ever had. Right? I'd be lying if I that's said yes. Tr- no one needs to lie. That would be worse. It was probably really healthy though. It's good for your body, yeah. so that counts for yeah, something. A lot of spinach in it. So awesome. That's yeah, man. Good. I didn't get a smoothie, so at least you had a smoothie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get started in today's episode, there's something you wanted to say. Yeah. So I wanted to do a little shout out to my awesome niece, Whitney. Hi, Whitney. Um, She apparently loves listening to the podcast, probably because of your intellectual wit, um, because you're very smart. But she's been listening to the podcast, and I heard she had a question um, that my sister had to try and answer for her about our title because in it and in our intro, we talk about church for dummies. And so Whitney, I wanted to give you this little explanation and it's a little explanation for everybody else about why our podcast is church for dummies and why in our intro we call, we say that this is for dummies like us. So we mean that in just a funny, playful way of, um, of this kind of this kind of topic of telling people about church, where we came from in our history, and in a playful way, saying how we none of us really know everything. So we're here to explain what we know about church history because we're learning. We're not very smart. So in a playful way, we call ourselves dummies while also telling that we're explaining all of this stuff two dummies. And and really it comes down to a plain language kind. So Whitney, you can understand that when we're talking about these things, hopefully you understand we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the Bible, and we're talking about how important it is that we do learn these things to people who don't understand about how Christ and Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, not Christ and Jesus, I'm sorry, Whitney, that was confusing, how Jesus Christ um, is the same God through all of the Bible, as well as we see him in our church history as we develop and grow. And we all learn through this together, so we playfully call each other dummies. We don't actually want people to think they're dumb. Um, we don't want to call people people dumb in that way that's not how we interact with people so don't call people dummies they probably won't understand i do call josh a dummy he does call me a dummy um but yeah that's just a little bit of how we explain it so i hope this was helpful whitney and i love you a lot hi whitney bye whitney (laughs) (laughs) all right man well we are starting a new series we're all about them series bro we are we finished our church through the ages series that was fun Man, it was fun. Lightning fast speed. Only fun. five parts. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're taking a break from from the last 2,000 years of church history, and we're going back 
even all the further. Way. We're going back all the way. All the way. To the very beginning. <laughs> and yes. well, you, 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 well, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, we're just going to go b- further back into the history of how God interacted, which is how we believe is what God is doing. God reveals himself to his people. Right. And so we're just going to go a little bit further back to see how God interacted with his people. Yep, exactly. That's what we're doing. So we are starting a series called the Covenant Theology Series. And if that word scares you because there's some baggage to it, we'll just buckle up, baby. Buckle up and deal with it. (laughs) 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 No, obviously, we all come from um, preconceptions um, or conception. We're not talking about biology. (laughs) What am I think I was thinking of the word presupposition and I. (laughs) You just said your niece was listening. Yep. <laughs> presuppositions. We all have presuppositions. Presupposition. That's better. Holy okay. smokes. <laughs> Goodness gracious. We all have presuppositions. We all, ha- we all come to the Bible with things that we believe. We just believe ours is correct. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but um, in no way are we trying to like shove this down your throat. All Christians better believe this way. If you don't check your salvation, all these things, these are just... We believe this is how scripture reveals itself, not because we came up with the system, looked at scripture and goes, makes sense. But we look at scripture and we go, I think that it's explaining itself in this manner. So right. there's right. there's no like down your throat. This is just what Isaac and I believe. And we're, we, we believe that the Bible views itself in this lens. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, you're still yeah. a dummy if you disagree with us, but right. Exactly I mean, you're still dumb, but we're all dummies. Right, right. You're right. just more of a dummy yeah. for thinking something silly like, not this. <laughs> I was right. thinking about making names, but we'll just <laughs> go with not this. Well, thankfully, yeah. with this first episode, it really, I don't think it's going to be controversial at all. I really don't think so. Hopefully no, I don't think so. No, I yeah. think it's pretty clear. So um, what we're going to be talking about today is God's people in the Old Testament Mm-hmm. And particularly, um, we'll look at how they were how they were saved, and their awareness of their salvation and other things of that nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So where, where do we want to start? Where are we um, roughly about literally the very beginning. How about that? Legit, like legit. So we're gonna go all the way back um, to Genesis, which if you open up your Bible. It, it's the start. <laughs> the start. You get table of contents, and depending on your Bible, you might have descriptions, you might have names, you might have how this Bible came to be in your hands. Blah, 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 blah. But as far as the first book, Inspired Word, we're going to Genesis. Genesis. Um, and in it, we see we see the creation of the world. We see the seven, we believe, literal days. We see um, Adam and Eve in the image of God, and we see the fall. And in that fall, we see the promise of God redeeming his world. Um, that being through the seed of the woman, which is very important. Um, and through that seed of the woman will come um, will come a seed that strikes the head of the he- strikes the head of the serpent, and the serpent will strike that seed's heel. Um, and with that, we get our we get our first seed. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. We have Abel. 
able 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 to do so, many things yeah he is so i'm gonna read <laughs> genesis chapter four <laughs> and we are gonna look at this so now adam knew his wife uh, eve and she conceived and bore cain saying i have gotten a man with the help of the lord and again she bore his brother abel now abel was a keeper of sheep and cain a worker of the ground in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offspring, but um, offspring, <laughs> offering, I should say. <laughs> but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And then that's how we get into the story of Cain getting mm. jealous and killing Abel. Mm. But we see couple things. So much goodness in yeah. that story. Read that. If you don't it's know awesome. about Cain and Abel, you just know that Cain killed Abel. Yeah. You got to read that story. There's so much goodness that we can't There's go into, so but you got to read it. Yep. It's awesome. The couple things we want to point out is, number one, we see sacrifice. Yeah. So we see the sacrifice, and it's from the very beginning. We don't get um, a whole lot of details Right. Um, explicitly commanded in there about the sacrifices. We just kind of get a narrative showing that they were doing this. Yeah. So they had obviously some level of understanding of their sin and the fact that a sacrifice is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about as far as we get for, for that. Um, we also see that Abel has faith in God and knows that God commanded and ordained this sort of sacrificial system so yeah. far. Um and he is obedient to that. So we see Abel having faith in God, mm-hmm. being obedient to God, mm-hmm. and seeing the need to do a sacrifice. Yeah. And that's about all we get from that as far as yeah. Abel's perspective. Right. So what kind of conclusions can we draw so far? Just Yeah. So from that, um, that... That there was, I don't want to say a system, but there was a way of being righteous before God, um, being having God being pleased with you. Because this is post fall, right. sin has come into the world. This isn't this isn't like well, of course he was pleased. You know, it's Adam's son um, because he did not have regard for Cain's offering. Right. Um, so what we do see here is a means in which God shows pleasure. Um, or well regard for his people, um, <clears throat> not based necessarily on the specific action, but of the heart of his people. Right. All before, um, all before a that we see anyway recorded a plan in which um, a command is given. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly right. Um, so we're going to move through a couple other characters in Genesis really quick, and then we're going to you kind of a summary of them so um i'll take enoch okay and then you can do noah if you want sounds good so uh so with enoch we see him mentioned in the very next chapter of genesis genesis chapter five this is a genealogy from the descendants of seth through um through noah and in verse 21 we see Enoch had lived 65 years. He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 
after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we see a man who was very faithful to God and loved him Mm. and followed him. So much so that God's like, I want this guy up here right now. You're going to be with me now. (laughs) You're going to be with me, which we don't get a whole lot of information other than that. No, but we should draw very many and specific theological conclusions from this. Absolutely. <laughs> like the <Sorry>. rapture? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just... I've I've heard people ta- trying to make theological points from this, and it really, it's a wonderful story, and it's, sure. I believe, true. Right. There's, there's not a lot of... There's not a great abundance of theological yeah. promises to be drawn from this. Right, right. I don't think so. I, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. But yeah, so... So, so far, pretty simple, kind of yep. like Abel. We see here's a guy. He knows that he was made by the God of the universe, and he worships the God of the universe and walks with him. Well, and most likely just that being passed down. Um, there's right. not like a, a like a standard to live up to, but that yeah. the promise and probably God was intervening. Like, all we see is this genealogy. Yeah. I, I think it would be very safe to assume God probably was interacting with his people during his time. How? I don't know. What? I don't know. What did he say? I don't know. It's not necessary for us to know about these people, but God, he seemed to have a, a strong relationship with the Lord, at least knowing him yeah. and finding favor in his sight. Right. Before the law, before all these things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's Enoch. That's Enoch. And then we go to Noah, which I'll start in chapter 6, and I'll start... Start there um, in in verse five. <clears throat> I turned to the mic to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was facing down and realized I'm not facing the mic just as I decided to do that. So starting in verse five, we'll go with, we'll go with, let's read the word of God. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man from whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And then we get on to his genealogy, as, uh, or I'm sorry, that we get into the description of, of that further. But again, um, in this land of wickedness, l- surrounded by wickedness. And as we read this this narrative further, which I believe to be a historical narrative, it's sad that we need to specify that nowadays. Yeah, um, but I believe this to be a literal historical narrative. We, s- we get the description that he's the only one, him and his family. Um, and even still, it's mainly because of him. But he found favor in, in the sight of the Lord. Um, again, these are all before Abraham, but this was a man surrounded by wickedness and still found savor, favor in the sight of God. Um, so we imagine he was probably walking with him um, as far as what what Abel was doing um, and Enoch. There was probably sacrifices or offerings of some kind, um, but showing a, a walking with the Lord that is, again, we don't get a lot of description of what that was, but we see a favorable 
presence of the Lord in these people's lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, two two more things. The last one, so Abraham is the last person we'll cover in Genesis, but I do need to kind of sidestep and just mention Job for a second. Job is another person who walked with the Lord before Abraham, so it's speculated based, based on the contents of the book, but he definitely mm-hmm. wasn't Jewish whatever it was, whether it was before or after Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a guy who um, who walked with walked with God. Um, if you look at the beginning, you know, it shows like he he lost everything and he still it's like, no, God gives, he takes away, bless blessed be his name. Whether he, a deep understanding, not just like yeah. I receive good things from God, so right. of course I'll worship this God that gives me good things. Right. His whole life was wrecked, and he says, "God can do that." Yeah. Like he is he's God. God, and he has yeah. this under this understanding. Yeah. Uh, when when we see critics of today looking back, they talk about this rudimentary like caveman view of these people of and how they understood God. And it wasn't as civilized as we know today, but you go back through and you read like these people had a deep understanding of who God was, not just God, good God, give me good things. I worship God, like an understanding, like God is good. God can take away. Um, God is worthy to be served and, and had like a, Again, before Abraham, uh, this understanding of who God is. Yeah. Maybe not completely fully developed as as we know today, obviously, but right. a, a, some, a good developed view of who God is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the last one to mention is, of course, Abraham. Makes sense. So Abraham, and I'm, and I'm not going to necessarily read anything, but uh, Abraham is introduced in chapter 12 of Genesis, and God calls him to go to a new land, the land of Canaan, mm-hmm. and he says, I'm going to make out of you um, a great nation, so go to this land and I'll give it to you. Yeah. And then he reaffirms and builds on that promise in Genesis 15, where he makes a covenant with Abraham and then reaffirms it again in chapter 17 of Genesis. And all through this, um, there's there's so many things to, to think about, but I want to start with Abraham and looking back, mm-hmm. like these group of people that we talked about so far, there's there's four things we want to mention. Yeah. The first, and first thing is there is no, that we know of, there's no written scriptures. Right. During this period of time. Yeah. God communicated through... Just, just I guess, just speaking with them. And this is what the yep. text seems to indicate. He just spoke with them, um, gave them visions in some instances, but really just speaking. Yeah, in a deep, uh, in a deep way that just doesn't exist now. Because as the reason we're reading this is because it was revealed to them, right? And then someone wrote it down. Um, this also, side note, is a means in which we know that we have God's word and that God doesn't speak like this anymore. Um, can God do things and um, and like in and, and small ways reveal his will in a certain area? Sure. But we're not hearing God's audible voice of wisdom and of revelation and of of new ways because he he's done that already and he finished that with his apostles 
Um, so in here, absolutely, God is literally speaking to these people, not in a way that we can think about meditating and God speaking. No, like literally speaking to these people, right? Um, through through Adam and Eve, and then Adam and Eve to his sons, and then even God directly to Abel and to Cain, and then again, so on and so forth. We see God directly intervening with his people. Yep, because he was revealing himself he was providing revelation that we now have as the written word of god right right exactly so um and that's that's important to mention because people who want to make salvation complicated mm-hmm. you gotta look back be like god god has always saved his people the same way always he's always saved his people the same through way. works specific <laughs> hard-working works to show that you're worthy <laughs> He's kidding, by the no, way. No, through faith. It's <laughs> through always faith. been through faith. Always been through faith. Because in no scriptures doesn't mean no looking through Ephesians 1 and seeing the grace of God. No scriptures means no law. Right. No scriptures means no Levitical law, no right. sacrificial law, no food law, no separating yourself ceremonially with wearing two different fabrics. Like no no written way of this is what God requires of his people for not righteousness. Even a, not even a command of the Sabbath. No. Even though we see the principle of the Sabbath established. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Commanded. From day one, there's no yeah. there's no written law. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really important to point out is these guys just had faith in God. That's what it was. And this is where another thing we want to talk about, which I hear this talked about a lot, and it's kind of right and kind of wrong. That is to say, a common way people explain how people um, in the Old Testament timeline were saved is they will say, well, they were saved by looking forward to the Messiah mm. like we are saved looking back to the Messiah. Exactly. It's the same thing. They clearly had a view of Jesus in these first 12 chapters. <laughs> and he's being sarcastic. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I just have to clarify that because I feel I like do. someone... <laughs> they're do. dummies. We're talking to dummies. Yeah, we're so. talking to dummies. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, there's, there's no indication mm-hmm. in the text that these guys were aware of a future Messiah. Now, don't get me wrong. We see the promised seed, mm. and we see all these things that we look back on with, you know, hindsight's 2020, having yeah. knowing Jesus having been revealed the way he has mm-hmm. he has shown us himself in these scriptures but 100% but but these people as they're living this out they're not aware of a promise of a messiah they don't understand that the promised seed is going to be God himself yeah thousands of years later he's yeah. going to become incarnate and die on a cross to impute to us his righteousness they have no idea that it's going to happen right they just have faith in their creator God who by the way is Jesus. That shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we believe in a triune God. Exactly. Exactly. And we sometimes, uh, even, even myself, we sometimes intellectually know that and practically forget about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah same God. Did who it's it's hard to say to make an evident to make a case for lack of evidence is it possible that god directly intervened with every single one of these people saying this promised seed is going to be a messiah 
it's but no i mean they they're given revelation from god that that he's going to make a way right walk with me i'll make a way yeah and they walk with god because they love him and they believe him and they understand him as right. who he is but no no idea of okay so when you say that the seed will crush the head of the serpent what you're saying is you're going to be born as a man to a virgin in the middle of a Roman empire. And through that, you're going to live a life to teach us how there's, there's absolutely no way that these people of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Job, Abraham, that these people knew this, they had this Christology about uh, uh, that would happen because of this. Yes. Absolutely. there's no way of thinking that was the case. Right. And then at the same time, in such a mind-blowing way, Jesus speaks about these guys saying that they knew me. Yeah. So it's like they knew God. Yeah. He just hadn't revealed himself as much as he has now. Mm. And that's the thing about the Bible. It's it's one big story. It's not like in these separate silos or chunks. Mm. It's one big story of God redeeming a people for himself, through his son Jesus, mm. by the power of his spirit. It's like this massive story that is progressive in how it unfolds, just like any story is. Mm. The plot continues to grow and build on, and then once you get to a certain point, you look back, you're like, oh my goodness, that's why that happened. You yeah, know? It's like that with any with any good story. Yeah, And this is the one that God wrote, so of course it's going to be an amazing <laughs> story. I, I'm sorry if this... Mm, Mm, is getting a, but I'm just like yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the first thing I think of is John, um, uh, uh, John nine, I believe it is. Um, after Jesus heals the blind man, talking about like the authority he has, and talking about being like giving this lot or uh, or being there with Abraham, and they're going, you're you're less than fifty years old, and you're saying that you were with Abraham. How how is that possible? And he says, before Abraham was Yahweh. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I am. am. And that's why they picked up stones to kill him because he just said he was God, and that that's. Yes, yes, because Jesus yeah. was that Jesus is God giving that yes. So they were still saved by the work of Jesus without fully understanding the work of Jesus or even knowing that it would happen. Yeah. But they were still saved by it because they had faith in God who is Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. So hopefully that makes sense. Um so one, they didn't have scriptures, law, or anything yeah. like that. Two no awareness of a future Messiah, uh, specifically of a of a thirty-something-year-old man who is God in the flesh to die for their sins on right. a cross in a Roman Empire. Right. Um, and then three. Yes, uh, we're mo- good to move on. Yeah, three. We're good to move on. Um, these are non-Jewish people being saved. Mm-hmm. You they alluded are. to that when you talked about Job, that literally, literarily, we see that he was not a Jew, and that's why we think he was pre-Abraham. Right. Because Abraham wasn't technically even a Jew. Right. Not until the the covenant. Yeah, he that was, was Abram. Made. Right. And this... And that's why it's important, and it's going to become relevant in the rest of our talks about the covenants and uh, covenant theology in general, as opposed to some other views, is um, we don't see God having 
two different type of people, and we'll get into that in a later episode. We see God has one people throughout all ages, and God's plan has always been to um, save a people for himself from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And we, we see that actually in the, the promise to Abraham, mm. that he his offspring will be a blessing to the nations, and that offspring is, is Christ. Nations. Yeah, nations. And a lot of times when people from different perspectives within Protestantism, they're looking back on the Old Testament. They think, oh, all Israel, the church, all Gentile, or mostly Gentile, right? But in fact, it's more like, no, the beginning of the Bible, it's all just humanity until the promise to Abraham, Mm -hmm. and then through a specific seed through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of his descendants after that, um, there's this additional covenant made with them for a particular purpose mm-hmm. to bring about the Messiah, to give the law so that we can understand God and see our need for him and et cetera. There's all these other things going on, but it's all building on itself. But it's not like Jews are the only ones being saved mm-hmm. because people before Jews were invented right. <laughs> by invented. God. <laughs> before Jews were copywritten <laughs> in the covenant with Abraham. Like there are these People like there's no such thing. It's like it's yeah. like it's like living in the first century and talking about being an American. Mm, it's yeah. like it doesn't exist yet. Right. So you can't say that. It's just it's not a relevant term. And it's like that before Abraham, that wasn't a thing. So right. obviously these guys were saved by faith in God, as everyone else throughout all generations up through today are. We just have more revelation about who that God is. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still things that we don't know that yeah. are going to be revealed to us. Yes. Not not in a not in an extra spiritual revelation. We'll know God a little bit more. But as far as like how He's going to fulfill all things, right? How the new heaven and new earth looks like. There's still things we're waiting to have fully fulfilled yeah. to us. Right. They've been revealed in the sense of a promise, but they haven't fully been revealed in we know exactly what that is. Exact, and, the, and it's exactly the same way as these guys that we're talking about in the Old Testament. And this, yeah. like, Are we somehow less made. saved because we don't know right. what John sees in Revelation? Right, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, no, we're saved by God. If you have God, you have eternal life because God is the gospel gospel yeah sorry i was supposed to say gospel we're supposed to say gospel i was like i don't know the way the the truth the life i believe you sometimes i break into song yeah i apologize anyways um was that everything uh in in number three yeah i think number four Four is the ultimate outcome, kind of like summarizing all of those together. Because oh, yes, 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 yes. um, that there were no scriptures, there was no awareness of a specific future Messiah, and that there are non-Jews being saved here. And the culmination of all that is that all saved were before law and before Christ. Um, and we see that specifically in Romans 4, chapter 9 through 10, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? 
It was not after, but before he was circumcised. And what he's pointing to is back in Genesis, um, when uh, I believe it's chapter 12, it's it, it's either then or the second time God comes to him with the covenant. Um, and he says uh, that Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. He had not yet been circumcised. Mean and that was that was the beginning of the law to the Jew. Like the the covenant was sealed with circumcision, which is true. The covenant was the the sign of circumcision was a seal of that covenant, absolutely. But God called him righteous before that. Right. And how can that be the case if we're saying that it has to be because specifically of Jesus, it had to specifically be of the law. Um was it because of those things? Yes, Jesus, and yes, he fulfilled the law. But no, they didn't specifically know what it was then. And all of this going back to our original point of bringing this bringing this up too is saying that the of how we view back to Christ and the Jew looking forward to Christ, while not specifically as Christ dying on the cross, yes, in that they had faith in God who christ was (laughs) right right so it might sound kind of complicated but really it just these people had faith in the creator Mm -hmm. and he saved them by faith And colossians says that that's jesus (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah Yeah. you don't have to understand the mechanism by which you're saved Mm -hmm. by which god uses to save you in order to actually partake of that salvation you just need to have god right like for them they didn't know how that was going to be fulfilled for me I don't physiologically, spiritually know how God is changing my inward self and giving me a heart of flesh and taking away a heart. I don't, I don't know how that looks. Like, does God reach down with his hand spiritually? I, I don't know how that looks, but I have faith in what Christ said of who he was, that I am given a new, a new spirit because of the faith granted to me and the righteous living given to me, I now have a new self who is Christ. I don't know how that, like I can't write that down on a piece of paper, a mathematical formula or a spiritual form or whatever it is, but I know that that's what happens because that's how God has revealed it to be in his word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, so that's good. So that is... Um, a brief summary of God's people in the Old Testament. I know we didn't go past Abraham, but that's mainly because we just wanted to establish, kind of like yeah. Paul, the fact that salvation has always been by faith, yeah. and that didn't just change when the law came. The law came for a different purpose other than salvation. Right. So, um, but yeah, so we'll get into all that in future episodes as far as parsing that out a little bit more, but I think that was a good start. That is good. It's the whole point of these podcasts, not just specific details of church history, but we're we're like how what does this mean for the church? And so we want to dig dig deeper into these things. So I'm I'm really, really looking forward to this. This has been fun. Um yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode and until next time. Deuces. Deuces.